What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we'll be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s. The goal of this podcast is to bring a biblical perspective to the conversations surrounding your 20s that will hopefully challenge you, push you, and inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Andrew Matrone, and I'll be your host alongside my co-host, Connor Grimm. Connor, what's up? What's up, everybody? How are we doing today? Connor, how's life? It's good, man. It's good. Just... Being a dad in this season, staying home, you know, working from home, getting to see my girl grow up. She just just started trying to crawl actually this morning. She has the the knees and the feet down, but her hands stay planted, so she face plants. She'll take two little knee scoots forward and then falls <laughs> right on her face. So it's that, cute. That's amazing. What's your favorite part about being a new dad? Oh man. I don't know. I think maybe this is selfish. But seeing myself in her, because she looks just like me, mm-hmm. I think it's just this this selfish part of like, oh, this it's like my twin. Like, I love her. I don't know. <laughs> she is your twin. If you haven't seen her, you need to go to Connor's Instagram and look at a picture of his daughter because she's like the beautiful little cute baby version of Connor. <laughs> <laughs> she is. It's, she it's is. really funny. Every time that we're uh, on Zoom calls and she comes into the camera <laughs> if you shrunk me down that's her uh she's far cuter than you thank god <laughs> no that's that's great um well i hope everybody's doing well we we're talking about it how much we just miss this community and how much we miss our thursday night services it's been hard not to to be with everybody and you know i, th- I think what i really miss about thursday nights is the spiritual component i think it's a a great way to push people deeper. I, I miss watching young adults who are really battling a lot of things in life and showing up on a Thursday and worshiping with all they have and responding yeah. to altar calls. And I, I really miss the community aspect. There's something so powerful about being together in a room. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, and and not to minimize all the pain in this season of life right now, but with all the technology and the ability to do podcasts and YouTube and church online, it's amazing that we have this right now in this season. But I think I'm realizing, at least for me, there is a very real special component about coming together in yeah. a room with people and uh, just just worshiping Jesus together. It's it's very hard to, to mimic that, that, I don't know, spiritual atmosphere, I guess. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of people say, I love— church online because I can kind of go to church whenever I want. I don't have yeah. to get ready or prepare myself. And I, I really hope that when church begins to open and we get back, that people would still remember the value of coming together, that there's something about when you're going through a tough season of life to show up to church with people who know you, there's a level of accountability. It's good to have somebody look at you at church who follows the same values you do to look at you and be like, What's going on? Yeah. Are you good? Yeah. Um, it challenges you. It pushes you in, in a deeper level. So if you're listening out there and you are loving the podcast life and the online church life, don't get too comfortable because <laughs> there's something about God's people coming together and it's going to be more important than everyone. Yeah, it's special. Yeah. Well, you know, we've got a lot of good feedback on this podcast. I think we're up to 7 million subscribers, which is pretty amazing. 
We did that on our first podcast. So. Yeah. Seventeen million. Seven seventeen million or seventeen. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> We're, the, the numbers are a little, a little iffy, but we've got a lot of good feedback. And you know, our, our goal of this podcast is just to have honest talks about life, and people are going through real things with real issues and real questions and. And we want to challenge people in this podcast and, and talk about things that people are going through. And I think a common theme that we've heard a lot, not only people's response from this podcast, but also a lot of the Zoom meetings that we've been having with young adults and conversations is this feeling of being stuck. There's a lot of young adults that just feel like they're stuck in life. Now, feeling stuck can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. Maybe you're listening and you feel like you're stuck in an unhealthy relationship you feel stuck financially in your career, you're stuck in depression and addiction, stuck in your relationship with God, stuck in the city. You just feel stuck. And, and I think the feeling of being stuck is a horrible feeling. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. And I think, unfortunately, your 20s is probably one of the most primary seasons where you feel that. Your 20s are kind of characterized by this realization that you're young, you have energy, you have tons of ideas, you feel this almost limitless potential and possibility for your life. But then you also kind of get hit with this reality of maybe some things you're trying to achieve, be it relationship or career or whatever, you feel like you're miles away Mm -hmm. from where you want to be. You know you've got a lot in you, but you feel like you're miles away from your potential and you're trying to navigate how you get there and you kind of feel stuck in a season of life. And um, I think while feeling stuck can be a terrible experience and it, you know, it can feel like just monotonous. It can also be a blessing. God can teach you a lot of things in that season. And it can also be God signaling to you, Hey, there's more for you out here. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, don't get stuck in this season, walk through it, push through it, take from what, take from it, what you need to, and um, go continue to pursue what I have for you out there in life. Yeah. And I, I think that we can look at a season of feeling stuck and I know for me in many of those seasons, we almost think of it as a curse of God. Yeah. But in a lot of situations, once you're out of it and you look back, it was actually the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Because we live in this westernized culture that's go, 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 go. Got to move, got to move, got to do this next thing. And sometimes I think God allows us to be stuck in a, in a certain season, certain situation to get us to stop for a moment and to take a look around and to listen. Because oftentimes when you're stuck, it, it creates a new level of, of focus. Yeah. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about some different areas of life that you might feel stuck in. We're going to talk about feeling stuck in your career, stuck in your relationships. And if there's something else that you'd love for us to talk about, please reach out and let us know if there's something you want us to dive into. But we want to really talk about and process today because I think this is the that the starting line for a lot of other things that you might feel in life is this idea of feeling stuck in your faith. And when I say feeling stuck in your faith, how do I know if I'm stuck in my faith? Well, do you feel spiritually dry? Do you, do you feel like you don't have much vision for your life? Do you feel like you have lack of spiritual engagement? Is it difficult for you in this season of life to want to open up your word or or pray. Yeah. Um, and I think before COVID, 
I feel like COVID is going to be a, it kind of feels like a curse word, doesn't it? <laughs> I feel like we're not going to want to say that word for no a while after this. A long this. time. There, there for a while I didn't want to say the word because I'm like, I feel like it's a bad word. It is a bad word. Uh, but before COVID, you know, you had every opportunity to engage spiritually. Yeah. There, there wasn't. Um, you didn't have a ton of excuses to say, I just feel so stuck because you had church, you had prayer nights, you had uh, young adults, you had life groups, hangouts. But now during COVID, many of your spiritual avenues have really been taken away from you. Yeah. Um, I think firsthand experience with this, I think when COVID first started and we were put in the quarantine sort of stay at home lockdown Myself, and I know a lot of my friends I talk to are like, all right, I'm going to optimize this moment, take advantage of this opportunity. I'm Mm going to read like the whole New Testament every week, and I'm going to read a book a day or a book a week or something like that. And (laughs) you start off strong, and then you kind of realize a week goes by, two weeks go by, and you're like, oh, I've barely cracked my Bible open. Like I'm just kind of existing right now. And I think there's this misconception that – Um, There's like almost an immunity to feeling stuck in your faith if you're a pastor, if you work at church. But I think we almost just as easily, if not more, can fall into the trap of letting our schedule and Mm -hmm. the prayer nights and the young adults sort of become our personal walk with Jesus. And so um, COVID revealed to me that I've I've been relying on that a lot more than I thought I was um, for my for my personal walk with Jesus. And I went through like a month season of just feeling like I was in this rut and I didn't know how to get out. And so I finally kind of had to push my way through that. And and hopefully through that, and I know you've faced seasons like that, we can maybe help you along if that's where your reality is right now. Yeah, because that's how I felt when this thing this whole thing hit. And I think it was a level of desperation too, because there was a lot of, a lot of fear associated with this new season. So I think that kind of pushed people to, I got to get my word. I got to pray because I don't know what's going to happen. If I get this thing, I'm going to die, you know? Yeah. And so I think there was a level of of fear that kind of pushed people to a a level of, of closeness with God, at least what (laughs) they felt. I'd see him soon. Yeah. Yeah. But then I think as the thing went on, even for myself, life just kind of, just happened. Yeah, it started normalizing yeah. again. And and my relationship with God uh, became a little bit more difficult. And I think that we've all struggled with this, engaging our faith in this season. But I, I thought about this. If, if you've continued to struggle in, in your faith in this, this past season, it, it hasn't just been like a few weeks. It's been like a few months. And you've continued to struggle and can't seem to get out of your faith funk— it may be an indicator that your faith was dependent on other people. Um, that without church, you didn't have faith. And that was something that we used to say a lot on Thursday nights. Like, please don't be dependent on us for yeah. for your faith. Because I think there was a lot of people who would oftentimes come to a service be like, man, I really hope that they sing that one worship song because I need that song tonight. <laughs> yeah. Or I hope that this past, I hope that he preaches about this tonight because I need that. And if he doesn't preach about that, then I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. It became very dependent on yeah. other people for your faith. Yeah, I need a word. And fortunately, um, 
you got a ton of words in your Bible. (laughs) Right. Yeah, you don't have to come to a service or look on YouTube for a word. You can go to God yourself and get a word. But the the reason we're doing this podcast is because sometimes that feels hard to do. Right. Like what, what worked for you in one season isn't working for you in this season. Or maybe if you're being honest with yourself, you've you've slacked off. And so I think uh, in feeling this way, the, the question sort of becomes, if, I, if I'm feeling this, how do I get out of it? Right. right. What do I do? Yeah. And I think that's the question that we want to answer today. Yeah. So you're listening to this, and and the second we said the word stuck, you're like, yep. yeah, <laughs> that's, that's me. me. <laughs> they're giving me a word. I needed a word today, and they're giving <laughs> yeah. me a word. Yeah. And so the question is, how do I get unstuck? How do I get out of this? And I was thinking about it. Say that you get, you're in your car and you get stuck in mud. Well, probably what you're going to do initially is you're just going to rev the engine and just try to get out of it as fast as you can. But your tires are going to be spinning. Maybe in this season you feel like your tires have just been spinning and you're going nowhere. Yeah. And so if you're in a car and you get stuck in mud and you're spinning your tires, nothing's happened, what are you going to do? Well, you're probably going to get out of the car and you're going to assess the situation that you're in. And you're going to try to figure out how do I get myself out of this thing? What's really going on? I need to try to grab some people, call some friends to help me get out of this thing. I need to find a piece of wood around here to put under the tire so I can get out. And I think the same way that if you were stuck in mud in a car, you're going to get out and you're going to assess the situation and stop for a second and pause. Okay, what's happening? What needs to take place? I think the same thing happens when you feel stuck in your faith is that you have to stop for a second You have to step outside of your bubble for a moment and you have to assess your situation, assess what's really going on. Second Corinthians 13, five says, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Give yourselves regular checkups. This is saying, look at your life, take an honest look at your spiritual life and ask the question, what's what's really going on in my life? Where am I really? Is there sin patterns in my life? What's actually going on in my life right now? Why do I feel the way I feel? Yeah, I think there's I think there's a really good exercise that you can do. Something that helped me, honestly, in this past season when I felt stuck in my faith. Um, and maybe after I explain this, maybe it'd be good for you to, to pause the podcast, to actually do this. It'll take you three or four minutes and then and tune back in. But I think when you feel stuck, Get out a pen, get out a a piece of paper, your journal, whatever, and write down where you feel stuck. And the more specific you are in this, the easier this will be for you. I don't just write down, I feel stuck in my faith. Well, obviously, that's why that's why we're talking right. about this. But but where in your faith? Do you feel stuck when you read your Bible? Maybe your desire to read your Bible has gone down. Maybe when you read your Bible, you're not understanding what's going on. Or maybe you've lost all desire to pray. And even a 30-second prayer mm-hmm. feels uh, monotonous. Write that down. And if you can, and if you can think about it, write down why. And and like I said, be specific. And here's why specificity helps. Specificity will bring clarity to the problem, and then clarity can bring vision to how to get out of the problem. Hmm. The more vague you are, the more harder it's going to be to identify the cause of the problem and the 
the route to take to get out. But if you can specifically write down, this is how I actually feel, put words to it. And maybe the Holy Spirit, as you're doing that, brings a why. Maybe it's a sin pattern. Maybe you need to um, get off Instagram for a minute and and really give God some a good chunk of time. Um, but be specific. I do not feel like praying. And every time I do, I immediately feel distracted. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's there can be a game plan for that. That, right. that gives you clarity on what you're actually feeling stuck in. And then you can game plan how to navigate that situation. Yeah, because Proverbs says where there's no vision, the people perish. And I think that's why a lot of people feel like they're just floating out doing nothing. They feel like their spiritual life is kind of perishing. Yeah. And it's because you have no vision. You haven't set for yourself. You haven't taken a real look at your life and like what's actually going on. I actually started doing this practice uh, probably like six months ago. I, I, I try to journal in the morning. It, it just helps me because when I start praying, I I don't know, I get really distracted. And yeah. so I, I try to journal, but I started doing this thing in the morning and I said like on a scale of one to 10, how am I feeling today? And if it's a five, then I always ask the question next, why am I feeling that? And it's starting to like try to get in tune with like what's actually going on in, in my mind, in my soul right now. There's some days where I'm like, I feel amazing today. Well, why? Yeah. Because uh, if you don't know how you got there, you won't know what to do when it gets broken. Yeah. And so we have to become more self-aware. And I think for 20-somethings, I think that we just kind of live life. We just go and we just feel certain things one day. No, but you have to understand what's – be in tune with your spirit and what's going on in your life. And and I think that all of a sudden you'll start to have some vision and you'll start to see what God's trying to – Yeah. Accomplish. So, so right now, I would encourage you um, press pause, or maybe press pause after this, and and give yourself five minutes. Turn off your phone. Turn off your TV. If you're driving in your car, I don't know if it's really bad. If you're really stuck, pull over. If not, get to where you're going. <laughs> yeah. But just take five minutes and just quickly just be like, God, as I go to do this, speak to me and help me be honest with myself. Yeah. And then give your give your heart, give your soul a checkup. Give yourself an assessment. Be as specific as possible and say, God, where do I feel stuck? And write it out. And I promise you, as you write it out, you will start to gain clarity. And that clarity will help you get vision for what to do to move forward in that situation. Yeah, because if you don't do that, it's not going to feel like mud. It's going to feel like quicksand Yeah, <laughs> where you just you don't like your situation that you're in. And you don't know what to do. And all you want to do is just get out of it. And so you start working really hard. You're like, I just got to read more. I got to pray more. I got to yada, yada, do, do whatever I have to do just to get out of this. And our wheels just start spinning. And it ends up almost getting worse. And so you have to stop for a moment, assess your situation, get some vision between you and God. And between you and God, that's different between God and somebody else. What's for your life, what God's speaking to you. Yeah. And I think it's going to help you start to feel like you're getting unstuck. Absolutely. So I think the first thing that you have to do is you have to get out of your car and you have to, your spiritual car, maybe not your actual, uh, and assess your situation. And then I think the second thing that's really important is that once you see what God is trying to speak to you, you have to begin to reorder your priorities. Lamentations 340 says, let's take a good look at the way we're living and reorder our lives under God. So that first part 
uh, affirms what we said in the in, to assess your situation. Let's take a good look at the way we're living, and then once we see that, let's begin to reorder our lives under God. Your life might feel out of whack right now because your priorities are out of whack. Yeah, there's there's a very biblical principle. Um, and this is scattered all throughout the Bible, but I'll just read uh, one from Galatians 6. Galatians 6, 7, it says this, uh, God won't be mocked. A man is going to reap what he sows. I think there's a principle in our life that we don't necessarily pay much merit, but it's this principle of sowing and reaping. And when it comes to being stuck, many of us want to change the end result of our situation. We want to change, for, for lack of a better word, our harvest yeah. if, we're, if we're keeping with this sowing and reaping thing. Um, but there's a principle in life. What you sow is what you're going to reap. Uh, I've, I heard this phrase from an author. I don't know who it was, but somebody much smarter than myself. It was me. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it was in Andrew's book. If you don't have it, go buy it on mm-hmm. Amazon. Yeah. Um, but no, he said this. He said, your life, the systems in your life are perfectly set up to get you the results that you're currently getting. Hmm. And so what he's saying is if you feel distant from God or if you feel like your prayer life is lacking or, or whatever, you're, the way you are carrying your life about right now is set up perfectly to get you those results. Hmm. And so the idea is if you want to see a new harvest, you have to start sowing different seed. If you want to see a different result in your life, well, then you have to take action and sow a different habit, a different routine, a different, um, I don't know, rhythm of maybe instead of reading in the morning, you read at night or vice versa. Or maybe there's a sim pattern that you have just not had the courage to address. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's time to address that so that you can start reaping a different harvest in your life and see new results. Yeah, that's powerful. So the results that you're getting in your life are are based off the system that you have. And that's the same with relationships. Everything, yeah. Yeah, so every relationship that you have has turned into such a toxic event in your life. Yeah. And it's because there's a system in your life that has been a part of of creating there, that. There's that something that you carry into a relationship. If if you have a, a habit of constantly find yourself finding yourself in unhealthy relationships, unfortunately, it's not them. It's it's probably there's something about you that you look for that you carry that is getting you that same result. Maybe mm-hmm. you need to have more self-respect for yourself and say, you know what, I could be in this relationship, but I don't think this person's going to value me the way I know that God values me. So I need to have a little higher standard. Whatever yeah. it is, what you sow into a relationship is what you're going to reap mm-hmm. into your relationship. I even, I mean, I know we're getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves, but in my marriage, if I'm kind to Erin and I serve her, it feels like, she's more inclined to be kind to me and to serve me. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm frustrated and short with her, I kind of tend to get that back, you know? And so, yeah, I I think, I think that's very true. And no matter where you're feeling stuck in life, but especially feeling stuck in your faith. Yeah. No, that's really powerful. That you have, you have to look at, at your current situation. You have to look at why do I always find myself back in the same exact place spiritually? Why do I always have these really mountaintop moments and these really, really low valleys? I think that's for me. I've tried to 
eliminate as much of that in every area of my life of this gigantic roller coaster. Yeah. And and trying to how do I keep a consistent level of relationship with Christ? And so if you've been experiencing that, man, I just have these big moments. I had listened to this podcast and everything about my life is changing. And one week later, you're down in the pits again. There's a system that you've created that has allowed you to get to that place. And you have to take a step back for a moment and say, what's what's off here? Yeah. So assess your situation, reprioritize under God. And then I think, think the third thing is that you have to take action. This isn't something that is going to happen overnight. This isn't something that God is just going to one day change everything about how you interact with him. Yeah. Um, the, God's not going to force you to do anything. God's not going to force you to engage in a relationship in a certain way. And I think that as believers, we can be so passive in our faith Yeah. that we have this expectation that when God's ready, he's going to show up and God's going to do something so amazing in my life whenever it is that God is ready. Like, isn't it God's job to pursue me? And yeah, God has pursued you. Yeah. Uh, God pursues you when he sent Jesus Christ to this earth to be the redemption of our sins. And through our faith in him, we won't only have new life on this earth, but for eternity in heaven. Uh, scripture says, draw close to me and I'll draw close to you that God is constantly in pursuit, that, that God's arms are always wide open, like son, daughter. Yeah. Whenever you're ready to come home, the prodigal son, go do what you got to do. But whenever you're ready, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. That, that's pursuit. Even, even in the thought of you wanting to be closer to God is a result of God's pursuit of you, um, showing you how good he is and you wanting that closeness. There's, there's a really cool story that kind of gets overlooked sometimes because we don't have the the framework to understand the significance like culturally. But in the temple, there was a curtain that separated um, the priests and just the you know the normal people from a place called the Holy of Holies, where God's presence would mm-hmm. actually manifest itself. Um, and it, it was so powerful in moments that if you went in and you were unclean, it could kill you. So mm-hmm. this is this was something that not to play around with. And when Jesus was on the cross, it said the veil or the curtain in the temple tore in two, mm-hmm. signifying that there is nothing now holding back all of who God is from us. Yeah. There's we don't need a priest, we don't need a pastor, you don't need me. Um that you have available to you at any moment the fullness of who God is. And so if you're feeling stuck, I think some of, some temptation might be that God's withdrawn himself from you or God's hiding from you. Mm. But that's just not the truth. At any moment, you have access to not just a part of God, but all of God. And like you were saying earlier, that means that there is an onus on us that we have a role to play in this, and that is seeking God with our whole heart. And what's cool is that there's promises all throughout Scripture that when we do this, we will find what we're looking for. We'll find God when we choose to seek Him with all of our heart. Yeah, all throughout Scripture, it it shows that there's a level of seeking God that provokes a response from God. Uh, let's read a few. Psalm 4.2 says, Those who know your name will trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Seek your happiness in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Matthew, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Matthew 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. All these words, seeking, knocking, asking, they're all active. They're all us getting up off the couch and saying, I'm going to engage in my relationship with God. I, I think that what we love to do as believers, and I've even had moments like this in this past season, is we love to have a giant pity party. <laughs> There's something that just feels good about sulking in our sorrows. Yeah, being I don't, a victim. I don't know what it is, but it feels good sometimes just yeah. to sit there and feel really, really bad about yourself. And and I think that some people, it's rightfully so in some situations, like that we do experience hardship. But I think that what oftentimes happens is when we face adversity, we want to feel like God doesn't care. Yeah. That that God's just not interested in me that God doesn't see my situation. And we have to, as young adults, be so grounded in the word of God and understand the heart of God for his children and understand that in those situations, it's not God trying to hold you down. It's not God trying to keep himself from you. We have to have the wherewithal just to remember the promises of God. Okay, God is seeking me. God has sought me out. That God does have promises, but there is a level of me getting up off the couch, even in the midst of my adversity and struggles and saying, I know that God has this for me. And so I'm going to engage and be active in my faith towards him. Yeah. It's just like any other relationship. If you're feeling stuck in your relationship with God, relationships take work. And if God has said he's totally available, That means there is an element of, and I don't even want to use, I hesitate to use the word work because we have so much grace in God. It's not a if and then uh, relationship. God, if you love God more this day, he doesn't love you more this day. If you Mm -hmm. work harder for him this day, he's not more pleased with you than this day. God's fully available to you all the time. But in my relationship with my wife, if I sit on the cow, if I wake up, eat cereal, sit on the couch, and go to bed, we're going to drift apart. There's there's intentionality of me spending time with her, talking to her, and I think that's the same thing with God. Um, and even so much so, there's another parable in the Bible and the Gospels about prayer, and Jesus talks about a man who has a friend coming in town late, and he's looking for a loaf of bread, and he goes to his neighbor's house, and he knocks, and he's like, I need bread, and the guy's like, go away. Um, and he's like, knocks again. And he's like, no, I really need this. And he's like, I'll give it to you in the morning. And he knocks again. He's like, no, I need it right now. And the point was, in the original language, Jesus is like, when you pray, pray to the point of annoying frustration. It's pray so much that you would get on God's nerves and, you you know, with how much you're requesting something. And I think that we we lack that. It's like, God, I want to know you more. I want to I, I want to be closer to you. I want to grow my relationship with you. Like, think if you prayed that prayer so much that in the back of your mind, you're like, am I annoying God with this? Because mm. that's sort of the level that Jesus tells us that we have permission to ask for things, to knock and to seek is to the point where you would annoy somebody else, you know? Yeah, and I think that we're, 
we're all just looking for, we're an instant gratification culture. So yeah. we're, we're all looking for that one moment when I'm feeling the things that I feel to have an engagement with God. And then I, I feel all the things that I want to feel, but sometimes that doesn't happen and we just get so frustrated. And so there is a level of consistency for us to keep showing up and, and trusting that even if I didn't show up another day, God would still love me. Yes. God would never leave me yes. nor forsake me. But the relationship that you desire with God, the relationship that God desires with you, there is a level of seeking that provokes a response yeah. from God that I think is extremely important. And so we have to be active. We have to assess our situation. We have to be honest with ourselves. And then we have to reprioritize the things in our life. Like, Maybe your priorities are so out of whack right now. Like, Restructure your life to get the results that you are looking to get. Uh, and then you have to take action. And you have to remember, as we all have to remember, that your faith is exactly that. It's your faith. And you must take responsibility for your faith. And I think that we lean on so many other people to provide for us a certain level of faith. But right now, you don't have that. You have to take responsibility for your faith. Look, feeling stuck is okay. We're all going to have those moments. And sometimes it's the grace of God that forces you to be stuck. And feeling stuck is okay. Don't feel bad if you feel stuck right now. But staying stuck, I don't feel like is okay in this season. No, I... Here's a promise that I can give you. If you are going to pursue Jesus, um, you will come to moments where you feel stuck in your faith. But like you just said, um, it's it's going to happen. You just got to know that. But you don't have to live there. Yeah. You don't have to stay there. I think if you're feeling stuck right now, let it awaken your soul to what God's trying to teach you in this moment. Maybe God's trying to teach you, hey— you really need to confess your sin to somebody that you can trust because mm. it's holding you back. And it's it's holding back my relationship, our relationship together because you feel like you have to hide something. Or and there's freedom. Something. Yeah. Freedom in that. There's freedom in confession. The Bible talks about that all the time, not just to God, but confess your sin one to another yeah. so that you can be healed. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean go around, tell everybody everything you struggle with, but um, find somebody that you know loves you, that you can trust and, and be open and honest. I think that that can be a, a way out. I think maybe if you're feeling stuck, God's trying to alert your soul to the fact that you're really distracted mm-hmm. and you are on your phone, on Instagram, on YouTube, whatever, a lot. And maybe your soul just needs an exhale and you need a moment to breathe and you need a moment just to center yourself on God's word. Maybe feeling stuck, like like you said, you don't want to live there, but there can actually be some things you walk away from this season and say, you know what? I know now. So the next time I'm feeling this way, I can gauge, I can heart check, I can assess, I can reprioritize what I need to, and then I can move forward and take action in this season. Yeah, that's good. So ask yourself right now in this moment, like, what's God speaking to you? How's God challenged you through these words in the scripture? And I want to challenge you just like every other moment, don't. Don't allow this to pass you by. 
if you feel like a level of conviction in your heart, that's the Holy Spirit who's speaking to you, pursuing you, engaging you right now. Yeah. If you feel something in, in your mind, and your soul, like the Holy Spirit's trying to say, hey, look, there's something in your life that might feel a little bit off. And let's begin to engage and start to get you to the place that you want to be. And I don't know. So you probably won't today feel completely unstuck, but it's <laughs> it's taking action and taking your first step. And I, as you move, God moves. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps up our time here today. Can we pray for you guys? Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for everybody listening. I thank you for them taking the time to listen to this podcast. And I want to take a second to speak to the person that's listening to this podcast that maybe you don't have a relationship with God, that maybe someone sent you this podcast, you stumbled upon it, and you're listening to this podcast, and you realize that you've been looking for a lot of different things in this life, and everything has returned void, but you're listening to this today, and something's happening inside you. We're talking about Jesus in the life that he lived, and there's something about that you want to follow that, and you want to make him the Lord of your life. So I want to give you a moment right now, an opportunity to respond to Jesus and say yes to him. There's no perfect words that you have to say, but just begin to talk to God, maybe for the first time ever. Say, God, uh, forgive me my sins. I believe that you sent Jesus Christ as the one and only son to die on this cross for me. He was raised from the dead, and the only way to heaven is through him. Just begin to talk to him and Uh, We believe that um, your life will never be the same from this moment on. And for everybody else, I just pray that that you'd begin to lean into God, that hopefully this would be a defining moment for you, that maybe you've ran really far in this past few months, but God's always waiting for you to return, waiting with open arms. So we love you. We trust you. Ask all it's your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you've enjoyed today's podcast, we'd love if you would subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you you use. Leave a review, share it, or don't do any of that at all. (laughs) Uh, For real though, look, we love you guys so much. We're praying for you. We'll see y'all next week. All right. Peace out. Later.